is that and that he is our our precious redeemer and friend and there is nothing more that we could ask for we're just very thankful for that today in jesus name amen amen Well, as we get started here, uh, just a kind of a recap and an update and, and kind of going forward. Uh, first and foremost, before I forget, uh, we do have one of our elders here, Chris Peterson, with us. So if you want to raise your hand, if you haven't met him yet, uh, he is available and, and you're welcome to, to get to know him a little bit more. Uh, we did have an elder meeting this last Tuesday and uh, to kind of talking through the plan and um, how we're going to have this adjustment and shift kind of take place. Uh, as was uh, kind of conveyed, the, the plan would be for Phil Martinez, who was here and preached last week, to come and do two to three Sundays a month. Um, that's going to be starting in September. Uh, in the meantime, I'll be preaching today. I'll be preaching next week as well. Then again, I, as I mentioned, on the 27th, there won't be a service here uh, at all. We're encouraging everybody to go to one of the other two locations and then travel to the baptism. Uh, it'll be happening at Lake Michigan. Uh, later that day, along with a, a cookout and a picnic and a chance to, to be that one church in three locations. Uh, and then the Sunday after that, which will be that first Sunday uh, in September, uh, will be uh, my last official pastor elder sermon. Uh, now, I say it that way very intentionally because uh, as Angie and I have been praying and, and kind of considering this whole situation, we haven't felt um, any leading from the Lord to like go be somewhere else. Uh, and so I know last week, kind of the way things presented, I had a couple of people come up to me afterwards and they're like, oh, we're going to miss you so much. This is your last. And I'm like, it's not the last Sunday. It's, it was just kind of like, you know, continuing of, of the announcement. We haven't felt called to, to go somewhere else yet, um, but I will be um, stepping down as that elder and, and lead pastor role kind of at the beginning of that first Sunday in September. Uh, and then we'll be here as long as the Lord leads, um, and, and even potentially, as the Lord leads, preaching once in a while. Uh, and we'll, so we'll, we'll kind of see where that goes. Um, but just kind of let you know um, that aspect of it. Uh, today, though, what we're going to be doing is kind of shifting um, back into the series in Hebrews, which is entitled Draw Near. Uh, and so for a season here, we were kind of in that series, and then for the past month and a half or so, uh, we've kind of stepped out of that as we're seeking the Lord and what he's doing in our situation and, and our attitude towards that and how do we approach that and, and seek what he has for us in order to go forward. Uh, and so we're going to be shifting back into this uh, in order to get back in step with the other two locations uh, as Mercy Hill continues on in this book of Hebrews. They actually stepped out of it for a little while themselves and did a whole series on spiritual warfare. Uh, if you're interested in that, I encourage you to go look at that sermon series out of Bayview. Uh, Phil did the first message of that last week. And so if that really piques your interest, there's a whole other, I think, three more messages in that series uh, that you can find online and check out if you'd like to. Um, but we're going to get back into Hebrews here. Uh, we're going to go into Hebrews chapter 6. So if you have your Bibles, when we start heading that direction, we'll also have the verses up on the screen. Uh, but it's since it's been a number of weeks since we were in that series, I kind of wanted to recap a little bit kind of our, our momentum in that. And we were taking a look at Hebrews being written to people of a Jewish culture uh, that were kind of being shocked by this transformation of relationship with God. 
Uh, they were used to rituals. They were used to sacrifice. They were used to a kind of this distance relationship. And, and now all of a sudden with Jesus' life, death, and resurrection on the cross, there is like this transformation of relationship with God that was purchased and made available through his blood. It was symbolized by that curtain being torn in two when he died on the cross. Uh, and so now there's this whole other aspect of intimacy with God, the, the ability to, to pray with him, the, uh, the aspect where we looked at about judging angels and how that doesn't make sense, but yet it's what God has for us to do at some point in the future. That everything fundamentally changed and we have this intimate personal connection uh, that's kind of recapped a bit in Hebrews chapter 4, and verse 14. It says, We have a high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Uh, and so I find this to be a very pivotal passage within the book of Hebrews uh, for a couple of different reasons. Uh, first of all, for those with that Jewish background from that concept of the Old Testament, uh, it would have been absolutely astounding to recognize that, that Jesus, being God, is able to sympathize with our weaknesses. Like, just consider for a second the, the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament, you have God as, as Father who is absolutely in control and will send the nation of Israel off to uh, isolation and, uh, what's the word? I'm blanking on it right now. Exile. Thank you. Send them off into exile as punishment. And, and as sin happened, like, there had to be sacrifice in order to atone for that and a, and a right relationship. And, and all of a sudden, they're being told now that their God walked the dusty roads of Jerusalem, the same roads that they walked. And, and yet he was tempted as they were tempted, that he's able to sympathize with our weaknesses, that he was betrayed, that he was denied, that he was beaten. And recognizing that he can sympathize with us. A big fundamental change in their understanding of God. But then also this, abs, uh, this, this concept of being entered into the throne room boldly was something that would have been new for them as well. Because they were used to the holy of holies that was kind of hidden behind the curtain. And one person would enter into that on, on one day out of the year in order to offer sacrifice. And whether it's tradition or superstition, there was times where they said they would tie a rope onto his foot so that if he died in there because he had sinned, like they could drag him back out and nobody else had to walk in. Um, but yet we're told within the New Testament that the Holy Spirit indwells us, that we have this intimacy with God. And so there's this huge fundamental change uh, that's happening through this. And so here's this aspect within Hebrews that we're kind of talking about and the, the writer is showing through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit the, the change that's happened in this relationship through Jesus Christ. Today we're going to continue on looking at this relationship um, in one of the heavier passages within scripture. Uh, so I'm going to read it and then we're going to pray and then go forward from there. Uh, it'll be Hebrews chapter 6 uh, beginning in verse 4. It is impossible to renew to repentance those who are once enlightened who tasted the heavenly gift, who shared in the Holy Spirit, 
who tasted God's good word and the powers of the coming age and who have fallen away. This is because to their own harm they are re-crucifying the Son of God and holding him up to contempt. For the ground that drinks the rain and often falls on it and produces vegetation useful to those for whom it is cultivated receives a blessing from God. But if it produces thorns and thistles, it is worthless and about to be cursed and at the end will be burned. Let's pray. Uh, Father, we come before you as we look at this passage. We just confess that all scripture is beneficial uh, for teaching, for reproving, for setting things straight, for training, for godliness. We thank you that this passage lies before us, and we thank you that the Holy Spirit makes it alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword that pierces down even into the deepest parts of us. Lord, as we wrestle with this passage and our emotions and our human mindsets, we just submit to your word, we submit to the work of the Holy Spirit, and we pray that you would guide us into understanding and change if we need it. We pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so as we get into this passage, again, I think it's a very sobering passage because the first couple of words are, it's impossible to renew to repentance. Like, that is a pretty strong phrase. I mean, because like repentance, like that's one of the key things of our Christian walk in life with Jesus Christ. Like, like all of our salvation depends on repentance, right? Like, like there's this conviction of our sin and our need for Jesus Christ to be the propitiation, to be that uh, continuing sacrifice that, that, that atones and cleanses us of our sins. We, we need that, and, and so we, we confess our sins, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, and there's this repentance, and again, that word means to, to change our mind, to change our action, to change our course. And so it's impossible to follow Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior if there is no initial, like, yep, this is the wrong way, now I'm going this way. Like, like repentance is needed, but then even as we continue on in our life, and and we're not perfect. Anybody here without sin? Anybody here not struggle with sin or temptation? Like, like so this verse then, like, it almost feels like a, a yo-yo at times if we look at this verse in a way where it's, it's impossible to renew to repentance those that were once enlightened that tasted of the heavenly gift who share in the Holy Spirit. Like, it, it's referring to this. And, and if we just take this passage in of itself, then how do we feel when we sin or we stumble or we fall? It could result in a, in a very heavy sense of condemnation or fear. Like, like, where do I actually stand with God when it comes uh, to this passage? Because it seems to describe a situation where repentance is impossible. And then we think about God's goodness and grace and, and mercy, absolutely. And, and so then does that mean that there's a line somewhere where if, like, we have the same sin, like, after we sin X number of times, like, is it three times? No, God's more gracious than that. Uh, is it seven times? Oh, Seventy times seven times? Like when we hit that line, like is now. And so we need to kind of take a look at Scripture uh, and to respond to this 
anchored in Scripture within the context of the rest of the Bible. And, and so we've got kind of this, this heavy passage. We're going to go into some other verses, uh, and then we'll have another little heavy passage that we'll get to that I think will end up tying this all together in a way that highlights the beauty of the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. For instance, we're going to go into John chapter 10. Uh, this is Jesus speaking here. He says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I laid down my life for the sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. <sighs> okay, I feel a little better now. Like, like, here's a, a verse that's showing that grace and that mercy and that we're not able to be taken out of the Father's hand. We'll continue on in Romans chapter 8. I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor pr things present or things to come, nor powers, height, or depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. First Peter chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. You are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. I love that section. An inheritance, imperishable, undefiled, undefeating, kept in heaven for you. You're being guarded by God's power through faith for salvation. In other words, as we struggle as Christians, as we 